What is up, everybody? And we have been kicking some ass this week thanks to Alex Church. He has chosen Ninja Gaiden, and we've been playing it on the NES, and hopefully there's been a few people playing along with us. Man, that game has been uh, pretty interesting. Uh, yes, I love a good, I love a good beat 'em up though, and that's why I chose Tur- Turtles in Time. And it's it's been a good week for me. Something else that's not been uh, or something else we've been trying to get rid of is this PlayStation Classic, and I've talked about it so much. Uh, <laughs> Tanner, why don't you tell everybody what they have to do so we don't have to go Ryu Hayabusa on them? Oh, I will, and I'm going to go through this thing like a damn auctioneer because I don't want to be boring the audience too much. All you got to do, people, go if you have an iPhone or an iPad, go to Apple Podcast, go to Retro Jammers, leave us a, re- a review, one, two, three, five stars, doesn't matter, then screenshot that review, and then send it to us on either Facebook or Twitter. You're immediately entered for this PS1 Classic. Bam. Which Dave Mathis uh, just left us a really heartfelt review, and uh, we love it, man. Thank you, Dave, for that. That, that meant a lot, and... We posted it, it on Facebook even like because it was that good. So if you want to be like Dave and have a potential to get a PS1 <laughs> Classic, that's how you enter it. That's all you have to do. It's great. And did you like how I said it? Is it Ryu Hayubasa or Hayubusa? Yeah, I'm happy you told me the name because I was sitting there thinking, I was like, I know it's Ryu, but I'm not sure. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. I, I didn't want to butcher it. Ryu. It sounds like Hayabusa or I don't know. But anyway, it, it's yeah. Ryu. That's <laughs> pretty kick-ass Well, uh, I mean, Carter, before we get into uh, Ninja Gaiden, uh, just a little small talk. There was something I was going to ask you, because earlier you sent it to us in our group chat. What is that little Tamagotchi thing that you, Jared, and Jeff have bought? Uh, <laughs> I want you to explain that to me, because I'm wanting to buy that myself. Okay. Uh, what is that? Okay, so back in the 90s, um, there was this thing called a Digimon Tamagotchi. It was a Digimon Tamagotchi Digivice V1, right? Version 1. Yeah. And what you would do is, I remember buying it at Magic Mart for literally 99 cents. It was $1. And <laughs> everybody seemed to have one. And you would raise it. And at the top here, actually, let me pull it out. I've got it right here beside me. I don't have it turned on yet because I'm waiting on Jerry to get his. He's starting his on Christmas. Yeah. And essentially, you want to be the same age as somebody you're playing with. That way, your Digimon's both rookies, champions, ultimate, whatever. Right. But um, it has like this link on top. And you put them together, and you can battle like other people who are training their own. Mm-hmm. So that was the height of Digimon back in the day. So essentially, you get an egg, you're raising it, you're training with it all the time. Then you take it to school, and you battle your friends, and you know your Digimon can evolve or digivolve based on what or how you've raised it. And Digivolve it has a ton of different Digimons for it to digivolve into. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that, that was what I was going to ask: Is the Digimon random, just based on the device, or is it always the same Digimon? It's based on how you raise it. So there's different oh, okay. ways. Yep. So if you're like, you know, training it all the time and taking good care of it, you know, essentially you'll get a better Digimon. The majority of the time, if you're not battling and stuff, which kind of sucks if you're by yourself, you normally get the uh, slug, which is Numamon. Yeah. He is the one who literally his attack is shit. It literally sends shit across the screen at the <laughs> other person. Yeah. So that's what he does. And if you're into Digimon, it's called Party Times, his attack, and he throws poop at people. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, God, but, uh, I'm wanting to buy that. Where did you get that, Walmart? Yeah, it's at Walmart, and here's the thing. They're $20 a piece, right, which sounds like a kind of expensive, but it's not really for what you get. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, if you're not into it, I guess it sucks, but it's a, it's a Tamagotchi. You can raise it, but you can battle other people, which is cool. But for a while there, when I, was, I remember I was looking to buy one in, like, high school, and those things were up. They got up to $100 for a while there because you couldn't find them anymore. 
and now they just Jeez. re-released this one. So I was like, oh, hell, I'm buying that. Yeah. So and I, I, I know, I remember you sending that app. I think it was an app where you can like raise a Digimon, but it's based on your health. So the, like the better you sleep, if you exercise and run, like doesn't that oh, help your Digimon evolve? Yeah, that is a, that is the, like a Digimon watch. Yeah, that is tied to, and you can battle other people with it too, which is pretty cool. But yeah. yeah, if you like go out and jog, your Digimon will be better. Um, if you sleep good, if you eat good, like you can put all that stuff in there and it'll actually make it better based on your health. That's so amazing. It gives it makes you want to get off your ass and do something. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's it's kind of like what Pokemon like Go was trying to do, like get you yep, to walk that's, around. That's exactly what I was going to say when Pokemon Go came out. I was I was like, you know, people can make fun of it all they want to. Now, I was out there day one, like I was, there's this graveyard across from where I was staying in this camper and not like directly across. Like it was like a little bit of a walk. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't living in a graveyard, but, um, I would walk across the street and that had a gym in it. And I would literally walk through there and catch uh, Pokemon all the time. And I was like, and there was other people that was walking around. And I remember there was this kid I was talking to and he was like, Hey, are you playing Pokemon go? And I was like, yeah, man, I just got a crabby over there. And he was like, Holy shit, no way. So I remember I was thinking, you know, people can make fun of it all they want to, but Pokemon Go got like how much people in America to walk off? How much poundage do you think we lost throughout the whole U.S.? Like that was badass. Yeah, Everybody was out walking. I, I kind of went uh, or got back in into it, I think back in like 2019 or something. But we, me and a few buddies of mine, we would like drive around our town because we live in a pretty small town and we wouldn't walk. We would just go, oh, you go to the park and creep at like five miles per hour. Like, <laughs> Because I think on uh, Pokemon Go, it would detect how fast you're going. So it would be like, all right, you're trying to cheat us. We're going to not give you any Pokemon. But if you go pretty yeah. slow, it will do that. But uh, I don't yeah, advise that. That's not safe. Yeah, exactly. It would really tell you like, oh, you're in a car. You can't be playing Pokemon Go right now. You're not walking. Because me and Jeff did the same thing. We would ride yeah. around downtown Logan and try to catch Pokemon that way. It was the same with incubating the eggs. Because you could incubate the eggs and it would be a random Pokemon. But it, it's based on the distance you walk. So if you drive around... 10 miles an hour at a park i mean it's gonna it's gonna incubate fast so <laughs> yeah yeah but that's cool though it makes you want to get out and walk so yeah, i love stuff yeah. like that same but anyway ninja gaiden carter um i'm pretty sure because we discussed this briefly before we started the episode we have never played this before correct i've played it on a um emulator and also i do have it on nes like i have the actual cartridge itself but yeah. it was one that i got sent to me in um I mentioned video games monthly, maybe before in the episode, or just to you, maybe I don't know. Yeah, but I used to, that's a subscription service. You send them so much money, they send you games you keep. Um, and I got that game in it, and I played it a little bit, but you know, on the NES, that game was hard as shit, so I never got really far. But anyway, we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, so I don't. Yeah. As far as growing up though with it, don't have any uh, history with it at all, except for. Um, what we what I played that a little bit ago and what we played for the podcast. So yeah, same same here. Like I I know nothing about Ninja Gaiden, but I mean the thing I have always known about it is how notoriously difficult it is. Like we mentioned, I mean this game is known to be one of the hardest NES games from its generation. It can Carter, what are since we can have something to talk about? What are some like really difficult games that you have either beaten or some games that aren't known to be difficult but you had difficulty with? Because I have one for sure, but I want you to kick this off because I want to hear what you have to say. Okay, um, what was that episode where we did Star Tropics that I had never <laughs> beaten in my life? Yeah. Um, so I've had that game my entire life, and I never beat it until uh, until the podcast because I was, you know, had to emulate it, had to use save states. But man, that game is fucking hard. It and is. also the um, I don't know if you have you ever played any of the Souls games like Demon no, Souls. I played the first Dark Souls for about 
three hours. It's those type of games are not really my cup of thing or, or cup of thing, <laughs> cup of tea. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I've never been a huge fan of them, but they are fucking brutal. But I, they I'm are. Trying. They are brutal. I beat Bloodborne on PS4. Um, I think me and Aaron Church talked about that a little bit on the uh, in the group uh, chat, not group chat, but our group Facebook, I should say. We don't have a group yeah. chat. Yeah, man. I uh, I play some hard games. I like beating hard games just because it feels good when you beat one. Versus like, I mean, I love RPGs, but you're not really you're really going through the story mode, and it kind of walks you through it. Really, I mean, it really does. Yeah. These games like Ninja Gaiden. Um, God. Have you ever heard of, well, it's going to be on the podcast one day, but have you ever heard of Battletoads? Battletoads oh, yeah. Double Dragon. Oh, definitely. That That's shit is hard. not beatable. My God, yes. That is <laughs> tough shit. But yeah, that's. Um, I've definitely played some hard games. and uh, Ones like this are enjoyable where you get a rhythm down and you can beat them. Like this, yeah. game's, this game is a very beatable. I could see this being like a popular speedrun game. I didn't look that up for the podcast, but I guarantee there's a speedrun community that runs through this game. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. But uh, as for me, the the one game, and some people were probably going to cringe at this, be like, dude, you found that game difficult. I don't give a shit. If you play this game on hard, it is brutal. And that is the first two Kingdom Hearts games, um, especially since they are designed for children, like with the whole Disney aspect. Yeah. I played them for the first time the past, I think, five years ago or something. The, the final bosses on that, they just keep coming and coming. I would say the first Kingdom Hearts has maybe eight bosses you got to be in a row before you can actually advance. And they are fucking brutal. Cause uh, I think after the first boss fight, they get rid of Donald and Goofy, which are like your companions throughout the, the game. And yeah. Jesus Christ, I was like, I, if I was a kid playing that, I couldn't have beat it. And, but I'm from like a more I, I, pansy generation, I guess, because my <laughs> games I grew up playing were not hard like they were back then. No, they walk you through it nowadays. Like that's, and that's just the truth. They just design it to be, which they put all this money yeah. into making these games. And then, you know, you're going, they pretty much just like, Hey, check out this beautiful movie we just made. And yeah. then you play a little bit and then you get to the next one and you get to the next one. And it's uh, it's just how they are nowadays. Yeah. Not like they were back in 1988 or 1989 when Ninja Gaiden came yep. out. Well, I mean, I have, uh, I've done some research on Ninja Gaiden cause I knew we would run into this roadblock because we both have never played it. But Carter, uh, just to go into a little bit of history on the background of Ninja Gaiden, was you aware that Ninja Gaiden had an arcade version that released a year before the NES version? Um, I wasn't aware it was an arcade version, but I could definitely see it fitting that. Like I could see it fitting in an arcade just fine. If that makes sense. Yeah. Apparently they were developed side by side, but yeah, like I said, the arcade version was released a year earlier because I think the console version needed a little bit more uh, development time, but the arcade version was more of a beat 'em up like TMNT. Cause you said this game is kind of like a beat 'em up, but I would say this game is more of a platformer, like hack and slash. Like, you know what I mean? It isn't like your TMNT style. That game was like that. Right, right. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a, yeah. Keep going. We'll get into <laughs> all the. Video, yeah, the, the, arc- yeah, the arcade was- version, from what I could tell, because I did watch some videos on it, it was much shorter, and it only had six levels, and they were across some uh, different U- United States cities, like I think Las Vegas and Brooklyn were two of them. Oh, but, shit, uh, that's the, cool. Yeah, the, the director of the, of the NES version, I think his name was Hideo Yoshizawa. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, it's, co- it's, co- it's called Hideo Kojima. That's how you pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but whoever, I mean, if you have the name Hideo, you're going to be making some damn good games. That's just all there is to it. Always. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he wanted the NES version to take direct inspiration from the Mario Bros. Not from the difficulty, obviously, because Mario Bros. is a much easier game than this. But they wanted the length of the game to be more like Mario Bros. Because the arcade version was really quick, like most arcade versions are. Like TMNT, yeah. you can beat that in an hour. 
yeah, so they wanted it to be longer because it was going to be also way more expensive than an arcade machine versus like a bunch of quarters than an arcade machine. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and they also wanted to place like a greater emphasis on the story of Ninja Gaiden, which this stat Carter absolutely blew me away. Apparently, this game has over 20 minutes of cinematic cutscenes, which is insane for an NES game. Like 20 that minutes. Is. That's that's like almost an entire Metal Gear cutscene, so that might not seem too impressive, that, but... No, yeah, for an a, NES card, that, that is thing. insane. Yeah, that's a hideo thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so much so that Nintendo Power awarded this the the best ending and the best challenge. And Electronic Gaming Monthly, they said this was the game of the year of 1989, and they also said it had the best ending. So their emphasis on the story really helped them out there. That's awesome. Yeah, you mentioned the story, or they had over 20 minutes of cutscenes. I could see that. Like, it felt like they were pretty long sometimes. And not in a bad yeah. way, just, um, yeah. Apparently, yeah, because I was reading about this game, and they said that was pretty groundbreaking for the time. Like, there was no game like this whenever it came out. Like, because I was damn impressed by the uh, the cutscenes. Like, they were pretty fleshed out, the story. I mean, the story was pretty simplistic. I think it was basically about him wanting to get revenge for the death of his father, or the apparent death of his father. A little spoiler warning there, but uh yeah i I, I love the cutscenes. they were great yeah if you're listening to this podcast and we're reviewing these games we don't uh we're definitely not spoiler free so (laughs) no i mean god how long has this game been out uh 32 years or something yeah if we we were reviewing like uh the new ninja guy that's that's coming out uh this christmas 2021 probably wouldn't give away details but the 1989 ninja Gaiden, yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry spoiler alert (laughs) true which i mean yeah i mean we we covered the whole history to it. Do you want to get into the review? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for the review. Let me get down to this one. Okay, we were mentioning that the game difficulty obviously is extremely hard, but I must say that I think that this game has a completely fair difficulty. It is hard, don't get me wrong, but it gives you unlimited continues based on what act you're on. So it isn't like fucking shitty-ass Lester the Unlikely where if you lose two lives, you're back to the main menu. It it has an addictive gameplay style to it. Because when I first played it, I was like, man, I'm really not going to like this if it's going to be like Lester. But they let you keep continuing on that act and you get in the rhythm and you start to learn the levels to the point to where you can just breeze through them at a certain point. Because I went back and played it because I actually did beat this game. I may not have beat it the traditional way because I did use save states before the bosses. And some people might be like, hey, man, that's not really beating it but i wanted to get i want to beat it for the podcast and we'll get into the final boss in a minute but yeah i think the difficulty in this game is hard but it's completely fair did you i mean do you agree with that oh yeah yeah and and, and another thing like you mentioned like people saying you don't normally count it as beating it um i always just say i beat it asterisk <laughs> there's an asterisk beside it because you didn't <laughs> there's like you know it's like did i beat star tropics yes asterisk but uh as far as the difficulty goes for this game um it felt good like yeah, it was it very, did. very, very hard, but in a good way. It didn't, like you said, it didn't cheat. There wasn't nothing wrong. You could learn it. Yeah, that's why I mentioned you could do the speedrun community. I could see that because I replayed the first three levels or the first two levels and got to the third level while I was waiting on you to join the podcast, and I went right through them. Mm-hmm. And I had no trouble because I learned the first level so good that I go through it without getting hit. And I was getting my ass beat when I first started because you. I was about to, to say that. It. Yeah, when I first played it, I'm like, man, I'm gonna hate this fucking game. This is hard. But then the more you play it, the more you get better and better at it. I always just like whenever I was sitting there thinking about it, I think the NES generation has like three main difficulties. 
the first difficulty is what I think Ninja Gaiden really like places itself in, which is more of like the reflexes and the skill difficulty. Like you can get through this game if you're a skilled gamer. Like I don't yeah. think this game really cheats you at all. The second difficulty, which I think Star Tropics had a bit of, is the what the fuck do I do difficulty. That game was fun, and I, I really enjoyed Star Tropics, but there were moments in that game where I'm like, I mean, I don't know how to advance. I don't know what to do. But Ninja Gaiden doesn't have any of that at all. And then the third one, I think, is just bad controls difficulty, which Lester had. Uh, Lester had <laughs> god-awful controls. I hated every moment of it. But this game has skill difficulty, and I respect that Like for it. I mean, it doesn't cheat you in any way, really. Yeah, you can uh, you can become a good Ninja Gaiden player. Like if you play it a lot, you can become good at the game. Like it's and you can actually go through the game. And I can see somebody being just going straight through and beating the game start to finish, no problem. Yeah, if you learn it, if you um, if you want to sit down and play it, it is very fun. And you can if you're a skilled gamer, you can go through it and play it and get very far. But you won't. Uh, I don't think you'll beat this one unless you try it a few times. Yeah, I honestly think the game is pretty reasonable until that final boss. That final boss. I don't understand how kids from the 1989 done it. <laughs> Not well, a clue. Well, I'm a. I was using save states on the Nintendo Switch. Um, you know, God forbid, I'm using save states. I know it's terrible, right? Yeah. Um, you got to do that on like some of these games. Like I wouldn't have beat Star Tropics without it. You know, beat it asterisk. But um, <laughs> I got to the end of that this one, and I've just been a little bit busy because I think I mentioned work was kind of a monster today. Usually, I can play get a little bit of game time while I'm working, but not today. Yeah. So I'm at the final boss, and man, I've been on the final boss for a little while. It's tough. It's very tough, and I'm saved yeah. right there. It's just God Almighty. <laughs> yeah. The, for people who haven't been to the final boss, there's three phases of it. The first one being, isn't it, Carter? Like a bunch of swarms of flames that just keep smacking you like over and over and over. Yeah, yeah. That one, I think, is the hardest one. And then the second phase, there's these big two fireballs that shoot out of these things, and you got to hit this thing in the middle of it on the top. That one is not as bad. I think the only thing that's hard about that is getting the the placement of the cantana where you got to hit. And then the third one, you have to uh, hit the brain and then hit the tail, and then you go for the middle. I know I'm explaining this really bad, but if you played the game, you know no, what I'm talking good. about. I think it does get easier as it goes. But the reason that the final boss is so tough, yeah, it is, it's brutal. But in the prior boss fights, it would just take you directly to the act you're on. So let's say on Chapter 3, you're on uh, 3-3. It would just take you to the beginning of 3-3. If you're on the final boss of uh, Act 6, which is the final boss... It takes you immediately to six one, and you got to go through that entire oh, level and all that, over and, again. Yes, and those are no joke. That is not like you're just okay. Let me get this down and get through it. It's like no, that shit's hard. Yeah, because I mean, it, obviously, it's the last level. It's the hardest. And I, the research I done uh, that was apparently a glitch from the developers, and they were going to fix it because it was meant to be designed like the other levels. But they were like, nah, it's the last level. Let's keep it. So they just kept it in there. I'm like that's a dick move, man. That's, <laughs> that's a dick move. No, some of those uh, jumps in that last one, like there's a guy with a machine gun, and this is at the beginning of 6-2, and you literally have to time it to where you can either, unless you get hit by him, you can just take a hit, I guess, and actually kill him pretty easy. That's kind of what I did. But uh, yeah. you can jump and like land on the wall, but you got to like jump out and then push back to where you can catch the wall perfectly, and I might be explaining this dumb too, but uh, and that's the only way to really get through that part. And there's a few parts where you had to do that, and man, that is tough to do. But then once you, like it's so hard to figure out how to do that, then once you do it two, three, four times, then boom, you can do it no problem. Like mm-hmm. that's another thing about the skill of the game. Uh, the better you get at it, the more you can just go right through it. Yeah, which is awesome. That's why. That's why I think it's a the gameplay of this one is like flawless. I, I mean, 
No, I don't want to say flawless because <laughs> there were some enemies some... that made me want to pull my hair out. I was going to say the flawless. the gameplay was flawless. The control, uh, the controls were flawless. How about that? It's, yeah, that's, the that's uh, gameplay though, because I got pissed off sometimes when I would literally be on frame, kill somebody, turn around, and it would just automatically respawn right there. Mm-hmm. And that's just because I guess it would take a certain point where your character was at to spawn this certain enemy, and, and this is throughout the game too. Like they spawn wherever you're at, right? Yep. So if you kill one or you do something to kill one and then you go back and it's just going to keep coming and coming and coming until you get past that point or whatever. Yeah. That was kind you of take annoying. one step out of frame, they're back immediately. The, exactly, the one yeah. enemy that really gave me issues and I was like, no, fuck no, was the eagles. Those birds. God almighty. I was going to say it's either going to be the birds, the eagles, something that flies around because of where they dive bomb and then they just completely, you can like jump back to like I always would make the mistake of moving back to get out of its way and then kill it. And then when you go forward again, boom, it's back again. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like every time. Get yeah. on my nerves so bad. And also those uh those guys with the the RPGs, those drive me crazy. Like cause like you would be getting chased by an eagle and then there would be a dude like shooting a projectile and it would follow you all across the screen. So you could you cannot outrun <laughs> yeah. that damn RPG. It just you follows can't. you. Exactly. And uh Man, that would make the game so hard because then you have that projectile and the other ego and then whatever boss that was before then, well, they're going to spawn back too. But I also noticed, though, that the more times I would go through those certain levels, um, they would be shooting their RPGs and you could just, you know, hit the RPG projectile to uh, deflect it and then you would yeah. get hit. I would start to go to where the spots that I was dying at constantly, I would walk through just because I remembered how to do it. So, yeah. And that's how these games are designed to do. It's muscle memory, reflexes. You get better at it, you get better at it. And that's why the last level's so hard, because even with reflexes, man, you're taking some shots. Like, there's nothing <laughs> you can really do about it. Yeah, you're going to be hearing that game over music. Uh, over. And over. And over. Da, 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 it's ingrained da, 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 da. in my brain at this point. I've heard Me it before too. on videos. Like, I knew what that, that sound is, because it's iconic, but... I'm like, damn, I'm never going to get this out of my head now. But uh, there's one thing I noticed, like, okay, we covered the difficulty, uh, the gameplay. You can tell because uh, the game I'm about to say came out two years prior. This game was definitely inspired by Castlevania in the way that it handled the, like, the lamps. And you would hit those and they would give you an item. And then you needed currency to use the items. That's straight from Castlevania. Like, there's no way around it. Yeah, that's and that's pretty cool. Which this was, which company made Castlevania back that in the day? That would be Konami. This was Tecmo. Okay. Yeah, I would say this one made my Tecmo, and uh, I, I couldn't remember who made Castlevania because I don't own that one. So, yeah. and I've not really played it in a very long time. I don't think I might have emulated it before, but anyway. But yeah, this was yeah. made by Tecmo, and um, I know we mentioned we're talking about our history with the game before, but uh, I played a Ninja Gaiden game on Vita. I think it might be Ninja Gaiden Three, maybe uh, something like that. Yeah, even the newer ones are hard. So. <laughs> Yeah, not, it I, was not, it's not I know a, they just released a bundle of like the, the 3D ones. There's like a trilogy out now. Back to what I was saying about the Castlevania connection. Uh, for people who don't know, there's these little lamps, or sometimes they're like spider cobwebs. It's different depending on what environment you're in. But if you hit it, they'll give you certain items to help you out, which are like little secondary things. And I actually have a list of the items you can get. So, and Carter, you can say which one was your favorite, which one helped you out the most. There's only five or six, I think. Uh, okay. The first one is the throwing star, which is b- the basic throwing star that you just throw out, and that's all it is—a little like uh, just the projectile that would go. And then the second one is the windmill star, which uh, if you throw it, it will go back and forth like a boomerang until it ma- like connects with your body again. So if you jump and you throw it, it can just go like oh back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 
yeah, that, that one was really favorite. helped me in boss fights, particularly the uh, the third one, the yeah. one that jumps back and forth. Yeah, that was my favorite one, by the way, just because oh, you it can is? jump it and just keep it going. Yeah. I don't know if that's my favorite. I think we'll get to that one in a minute. But the third one is the flames, which are basically, it's just like an upward arc. They just shoot out a bunch of flames up into the sky, which were great against those fucking eagles. eagles. I was going to say, it had its purpose, especially when you get them before, like, God, those guys that would ride by on those, like, those old jetpacks or helicopter things, and they were <laughs> dropping those ninja stars. Yeah. Ridiculous. But, yeah, you almost needed the fire for those guys. Yeah. It had its place for sure. And then I would say probably the equivalent to the star in Mario would be that fire yeah. wheel that would go around Covered your body. Fire. Amazing. Yeah. Every time I got that, I was like, oh, yes, thank oh, you. Oh, yeah, time to run. Go as yeah. far as you can. Yeah, you got to take advantage of that damn thing. Yeah. And then there's the uh, the jump slash, which I don't know if you noticed it, Carter. Whenever you would jump, you'd do like a somersault attack. So if there was a bird in front of you, you just like. Yeah, you hit everything. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you could take out the hole. Like it was like you would jump in the air and do like a windmill with the sword or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I that one was awesome, but I didn't. I would have liked it if I could have controlled it better. But like every time I, I wish jumped it in the was air, more optional, like the other items, because it yeah. it didn't matter if you jumped and you hit the attack button, it would You're consume it. your your currency every yeah, that's, time. And, that's why I didn't like that one as much. I would have that yeah, one would have been my favorite if it wasn't for that. And then the last one is the uh, the hourglass that stopped time, which I mean I feel like that's a staple in almost all these retro games. That, like that is typically in all of them. But, I mean, that's always helpful to get that, to stop oh, all the sure. So, which one was your favorite? Uh, The more I look at it, I think my favorite is the Windmill Star. I mean, I it's so useful. And it only consumed five of your currency. So, yeah, it didn't like consume a, a lot. It helps you with all the bosses. And it had a lot of distance. Yeah, I think that one was easily my yeah, favorite. Yeah, and if you jump it, if you jump before it hits you, it just goes back. And it's everything behind you. And you can just keep it going. And that was that was awesome. I know we're going to get into the, uh, the storyline here in just a moment. But, um... Man, the music of this game, like I felt like it made me want to kick more ass. Like it was so <laughs> on point. Like it fit everything so perfect. Like, and when I, I looked up some of the the music for this game, and there was one I think it might have been four dash two, and that is one that people like made like a bunch of uh, metal versions of it. There's a whole oh, big yeah. YouTube community remaking that one. But man, the music in this game is just so good. And it's also if you haven't played the game before and you play this. You've heard a lot of this stuff. Like you've heard of the sound effects. You've heard the music. You've heard of somewhere. Yep. The man, I had was, the same experience with Teenage awesome. Turtles and Time. Like I've heard all this stuff before. I just never knew what it was from. But yeah, the music, right. you can tell that they designed the music hand in hand with the gameplay because the, the music is constantly rocking out. It's constantly fast paced. There's no dull moments in it at all. And they also, it, this game has a timer like Mario Bros has a timer. But Mario Bros. gives you a lot more time than this fucking game does. This one gives you 150 seconds per act. So they designed this game to make you fucking bust ass, run to the end, hurry up. Like <laughs> yep. You can't just dawdle around because that was kind of how I was approaching it at the beginning. I would just kind of take my time, not want to get hit much. I would try to get hit every <laughs> single one of those lamps, get items. No, Same. That, that, that's not how this game wants you to play. It wants you to go, go, go at all times. Which, yeah, I mean, I that's fair enough. I times. mean, I, I thought that was uh, a different way of designing the game. And they wanted this game to be hard. They, I mean, th they didn't want this to be easy. So I, I respect that. Well, if they had made it easier than it is, because, I mean, it is a very difficult game. Um, you would go buy this game, and if it was easy, I mean, what, an hour, two hours later, you're done? Yeah. So, I mean, but the way it's designed now is... Um, like, like, even right now, I was playing it before you got on and just going through the levels, and I'm like, I could do that again. I mean, I could keep going through this game because it, the gameplay's fun, and mm -hmm. everything about it, just it's a fun game. Another thing I wanted to touch on, though, was, like, 
when I first started it and I seen the graphics pop up there, I was um, a little bit worried that it was going to be like just a stale looking uh, regular beat em up kind of like, because mm-hmm. like even in River City Ransom, you can move your character like up and down. You know, this one is just yeah. like your level on the on the field there, right? You know what I'm saying? Like you can't move oh, yeah. like up, down, back, forth. You're, you're just going left and right. And the way the game plays, though, that fits perfectly. Like it ended up, they ended up working it out to where, um, like, you see like the different ladders you can climb and everything, and those started popping out and everything. And it actually ended up looking pretty good, especially it those. Does, yeah, there was that. several times where I was impressed by the graphics, like because I, I had the same sort of uh, thought because when the game starts out in kind of like a downtrodden like a little street. You know what I mean? Like typically, yeah, a lot of almost, games starts out with that. Right. It seems like a generic NES game in the beginning, right? Like yeah, just exactly run of the mill. And but it has a lot of uh, different environments. It has like a jungle, has a castle, and one of the things that stuck out to me, and I love when uh, older games do this, like the attention to detail. Like you'll see in the background, because you remember that little cutscene Carter where he's like staring at that castle. Like I got to get there. That's like yes. where you need to go. The game. Uh, like it feels like you're actually working your way there because the acts act in like you're you're in the jungle, then you make your way to the base of the castle, then you go up and you're climbing up the castle. Like I love that aspect of it to where it's not just random levels like Mario Bros. Like oh this is the underground, this is that. You actually feel like you're working your way to where you need to go. Yeah, you don't, I, agree. I love it. I agree a hundred percent. Like like I said, they did such a bang up job. Like from what I from what the feeling I had when I started the game versus how I had when I was. Well, I never finished it. I got to the main boss, but the feeling I had when I got to the end was just completely different because the game just really, man, this is one of those that you start out, you're like, okay, what the hell? And this is one that really grew on you. Like, it grew on me big time. Man, those cut scenes, like getting into the story a little bit, oh my Beautiful. God, that I want to beat it because the storyline kind of got me into it. I know it was kind of like a generic storyline kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, get the demon statue. Oh, there's two of them. Oh, they got them both. Now you got to go get those back. And what about your dad? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> and, oh, there's a girl. What are you doing here? And then she just shoots you. That was kind of like sort of cliche-ish. I really got into that storyline, like watching those cutscenes and stuff. They actually did a really good job with them, especially for the NES. But, I mean, even yeah. now I was enjoying them, big time enjoying them. Yeah, I always loved that too. And it, I noticed a lot of the times the cutscenes would kind of end on little cliffhangers. Like you were saying with the first act at the end of it, it shows like her shoot you at the gun and his eyes like, oh, like shocked. And then it would play like the act two music and you'd be like, find out what's happening next. Yeah, So yeah, like a, that gives you an incentive to be like, oh shit, well, I want to get to the end of level two and see where that follows up on, you know? Yeah, that's what I mean. I want to finish it just so I can see the ending. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to cheat. I the little you. video of the ending, which was hilarious. I mean, it's it's 80s cheese and it has that like... 80s drum whenever they oh, kiss yeah. at the end. It's hilarious. Yeah. I, I, but I got my cool, reward right in front of me. That's yeah, she's like, 80s. I don't even know your name. And he's like, the prize is sitting right in front of me. And then the 80s drums kick in, they start making out. I, I couldn't help but laugh. It was cheesy, yeah. but it was still great. I, I, lo- I loved it. I love the 80s, so that fits perfect. I, I mean, that's good That's good stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> good job, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hideo Yoshikawa. Sorry if I forgot your name already, but yeah, but yeah, the story was was really cool. Um, I had a few little complaints with it. I mean, I guess we can get into that now. Uh, for one, we forgot to mention that you can you can jump off wall to wall to wall, which I really enjoyed. That's even like 3D Mario games where you can like jump off walls and do that. Oh, yeah, back and, to climb like back and forth, back and forth while you go up the walls. Yeah. I don't even know if that was done at this point in time. That really made you feel like you was a ninja. Like, you know what I mean? I could see kids yeah, in the yeah. 80s, like, feeling like they're a badass, like, going through the streets. 
But uh, Hell, I felt like I was pretty badass going through this game doing that. Yeah. Like, I, like, <laughs> but there really were some times where I would jump off of big cliffs, let's say, and I would cling on to the very bottom of the cliff. Oh, you're dead. You're dead. You you can't recover. I wish you could climb up the walls, maybe like like a ninja, like you would just climb right up it. I wish that was a feature because I mean you can't do that with ladders, and that could have broken the game. I don't know, but there was some times where I was like, man, I wish I could just get to the top of that ledge because that, that's an automatic death if you cling on to like that little pixel off. Yeah, or if there was a skillful way for you to at least climb back up, but there's no way mm-hmm. to actually get higher. Like if you could jump to the side and hold up and maybe somehow get a little bit higher, even if it takes time. Because even if it took a lot of time, you're timed on these games, so that would still make it pretty damn hard. But uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you just can't do it though. But I mean, yeah, I didn't like that either. I really don't have a lot of, of complaints. I mean, we're sitting here talking about complaints. I don't have any in my head. For what this game was going for, I think it done it uh, really good. I guess one little minor complaint would be some of the bosses seemed a little hit, like hit or miss. Uh, like the, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that in, I think the act three and act four boss was really difficult, but act five was extremely simple. So like the, the difficulty of the bosses didn't really increase like how normal games do. Like right. their difficulty was all over the place, but I mean, that's not even really a complaint. That's just what I noticed. Right. Right. Yeah. But that, like you said, like there's, there's some games that were just like, Oh, the hardest boss of this game is, and it's like some random level five. Yeah. something like that you know what i mean like and this is one of those kind of games i guess yeah. no no this game the last boss is definitely the hardest one but <laughs> without a doubt yeah but yeah i get what you're saying though like would i rather face a level three boss or level four boss or level five boss probably level five boss every time give me that yeah true true i mean they could have threw fucking six eagles at you and that would have been harder than the final boss in the game anyway so right now the level five boss that was pretty cool i had like that nice little cut scene before you fought him and then boom yeah yeah and you start that was pretty cool. there were a lot of times where they they would just leave little cinematic uh screens to where it shows where you're going that i really enjoyed like it would be like you climbing the mountain and there'd be no enemies it would just be like the environment and you getting to where you needed to go and i I like that if it like it like i was saying earlier it makes you feel like you're getting to your destination better and that Mm -hmm. really stuck out to me like i said man it was just a it was a fun time at Good job. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to get into the score here, I mean, we're praising it at this point. We can go ahead and give it the score. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and slap a slap a jammer rating on this. I mean, Carter, go ahead. You can go first if you want. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and uh, give the review for this one. And, and again, uh, Jared's not here this week, everybody, so I do apologize about that. But, um, you know, life happens, and he's been pretty busy lately, so... You got to understand that. But um, yeah, for us too, though, I'm going to start this thing off. And like I said, I had so much fun with this one. The graphics didn't disappoint me at all. I thought the cutscenes were great. The gameplay was awesome. Um, it's hard to find too many complaints with this one, except for, of course, the uh, the spawning enemies was annoying. The, um, <laughs> like you said, when you get caught, like trying to climb up and down, you're stuck and you're dead. And uh, yeah. the bosses were really tough. But I mean, the game was fair straight through so for my rating i'm actually giving this one a 7.9 wow okay had a blast with it had a blast with it and yeah. I, I i was thinking about just giving it an 8.0 just because i mean it's great and it is a great game i got it sitting there but i was thinking of the way i'm rating other games and everything but compared to this one which you know what i'm gonna throw those out i'm gonna give it an 8.0 just give it an 8 call it great damn okay card <laughs> i had a good time with it and like i said there's not too much to complain about with this one um yeah for me like i said in the past nes is definitely not my favorite uh system but aaron church with you and carter and everybody suggesting these nes games 
I'm gonna, I must say you're slowly converting me over. Uh, it's starting to win me over a little bit more and more because I always thought that the NES had nothing but shit games, but obviously, obviously it's not true. I love this game. Uh, uh, great music, great combat, great gameplay. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I have written down here a 7.8, so I guess we'll meet in the middle, and that's a 7.9, right? Yep, yep. And one of the reasons I was going to put it at 7.9 because I had Turtles in Time at 8.0, and I was thinking, man, I really do love Turtles in Time, but I was like, you know what? Um, while I still like Turtles in Time better for nostalgia reasons, this game's just as playable and just as much fun, so it deserves to be ranked with it. Yeah, I mean, this is not my preferred genre ever. This isn't my favorite genre, my favorite style of game. But I still, like, I would have never picked this in a million years on the NES Classic. But now I am I have this under my belt. I beat it, and I, I enjoyed it. And hopefully in the future we can play some more Ninja Gaiden games. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hopefully we can get Jerry back on the podcast next week for the next game, whatever it may be. And That's what I was going to say. I, I know Jared has been missing for, I think, three episodes now. We're wanting to get him back really bad because he makes a lot of this podcast. I mean, he is the J in Jammer. So, you know, we need him back. And Jared, if you're listening to this, try to play this next game, whatever we get on the wheel, because we all want you back. We miss you. And Yeah, for sure. It, it's time for the wheel, Carter. Yeah, it's time for the wheel. I'm excited for this one. This is what uh, I've got five days off coming up, and I'm going to play whatever game we land on, hopefully, for the next couple of days. Yep, and as always, a little reminder for the audience here. Uh, starting off, Brandon Brewster's game, Jet Li Rise of Honor PS2. That's going to be fun. Chrono Trigger on the Super Nintendo, Terry Bragg. That would be a perfect five-day-off game. <laughs> oh, yeah, it would be. Uh, Beyond Oasis for the Sega Genesis. That's Carter's game. That would probably be another one. That's That'd a lengthy a game, isn't it, Carter, from what I know? Yeah, it's fairly lengthy. I'm pretty sure that would that would definitely keep us busy for the five days. And then the one you want the most, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga for the GBA. Yeah, it's a good 15, 16 hour time sink. <laughs> uh, after that, WarioWare Inc. If we get that, we could probably knock it out really quick and get back to something quick. So right. that wouldn't be terrible. And that's a fun ass game card. I know you'll like it if we get it. Um, <laughs> Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life, probably the longest game of yeah, the that'll podcast. Yeah, that'll take us three Long- weeks. Hey, if we get Harvest Moon, though, Jared will be back. <laughs> oh, 1,000%. He will He will take a few sick days for that game. Yeah, for sure. And then Age of Empires 2, that's a game that we can just put as much time as we want into it, really, right? Because that doesn't have a story mode. Oh, you can play Hunt. It has kind of a campaign story mode, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty much uh, pretty straightforward. Build your army, build your empire, fight somebody else. Pretty cool. Pretty badass. Okay. I've been playing it my whole life. Yeah. And then lastly, DuckTales from Dave Mathis. Uh, that's a quick game, but like I said, with WarioWare, we'll be able to get the episode out quick and then get back to the wheel. So, uh, yeah, yeah man, here we go. Three, two, All right. one. Ooh, I'm off the wheel. WarioWare, Inc. Okay, so we're playing WarioWare. <laughs> I'm sorry, Carter. Like I said, man, you're going to enjoy this game. It's quirky, fun. It's awesome. I hope you like it at least. Um, Yeah, and I think Jared will be able to make this podcast because it takes an hour to beat. So, (laughs) All right. So maybe we'll be back in a day or two or three. We'll see however long it takes. But, yeah, man, this was a blast. We love Ninja Gaiden. Uh, Play it if you haven't already. It's on the Switch. So, yeah, we'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you, Alex Church, for this suggestion. Good stuff. Thank you.